Welcome to Infinite Impact Radio, a podcast for impact influencers by impact influencers with world-changing missions. Hey there, impact influencers. My name is Evans Putman. I'm the founder of Infinite Impact Coaching and Consulting and the host of Infinite Impact Radio, where I interview entrepreneurs about their purpose-driven businesses and their missions to contribute towards creating a positive ripple effect in the world. Thank you for joining us today, and I look forward to sharing your world-changing mission soon. All right, welcome to Infinite Impact Radio and TV, the show for impact influencers by impact influencers with world-changing missions and uh, Impact Influencer Tribe. I'm excited today because we've got Mark Stern, someone who I've known but yet not met, (laughs) if that makes any sense. And uh, Mark, is uh, he helps entrepreneurs build authority and scale their businesses through virtual events and much more. And I'm going to let him introduce himself so he can share a little bit of that with you. Mark, thanks and welcome to the program. Evans, we're thrilled to be here. Thank you for, for having me on. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Um, yeah, I can just jump right on in. Um, yeah. The, the, my backstory, and I think for a lot of you guys probably can relate to this, but I grew up in Alabama, um, but I was the guy who was told that there's this pathway to happiness and just follow the pathway and it'll lead you to happiness. And that was graduate high school, go to college, graduate college, you get the dream job, you go back to grad school, and then it's like dream job after that, picket fence, wife, kids, and life is happily ever after. And um, I used to joke because I felt like I was the poster child of that path because I was like, I'm going all in and um, was a student body president of my high school my college and grad school, had the dream job that I loved. I had one job before business school and one job after. And then you flash forward to 2012 after I had graduated, um, got my MBA at Duke, um, found myself in a position that I was $165,000 in student loan debt. And I had just signed a two-year contract with the world's largest consulting firm, Deloitte. And if you've ever worked for a big consulting firm or big tech company, when you sign those contracts to agree to work with them, they effectively own everything you produce in and outside the firm. So where I found myself was this inner desire of like starting to read Tim Ferriss's four hour work week, really delving deep into um, this whole like concept of digital marketing that I first, you know, got a glimpse of back in the early 2010s, but I could not even have a side hustle because by contract with the firm I worked for, anything I produced, they would own. So no funnels, no lists, no nothing, which for me was very debilitating because if I can't do it, then like I'm not going to invest the energy and just found myself as a constant learner, going to every conference, buying every course, but not being able to take action. Um, So flash forward to literally end of 2017, it was literally this time of year, December, January uh, timeframe, um, that I was on the verge of being promoted to junior partner for the firm and just had that moment that was, if I see my title change, I know what the next 15 years of my life looks like. And I have this burning desire to be an entrepreneur, no idea what I, like, what I was going to do, um, but just felt like if I don't pursue that option, I will always regret it for the rest of my life. So came back from the holiday and it was January 3rd, 2018. I reached out to my partners and just said, I got, I, I've got to go, I've got to move on. Um, and I've got to do it before the promotion. 
and that was it. Took a massive leap and had no idea um, what I was going to do next. But I'm so glad I did that because it freed up the mental capacity to allow me to get into the creative space of how I can serve and how I can make an impact for others. That's great. No, I love that story. It's so I've been in a similar position, not quite as dramatic as yours. So I know what that's like. It's um, we're, when you're going through that to make that leap, you know, it was just a leap of faith. Like, we, you know, a lot of times we talk about jumping out of the airplane without a parachute and building it on the way down. Did you, you know, what was that like, like emotionally, like mentally, how did you feel that in your body during that transition? You know, I, the one thing that I think that, that was a catalyst that like made the moment, um, like really brought it to a head to say that I have to do it. Um, I, a couple years before that, I went to um, a conference by a company called Mind Valley. Mind Valley, Vishen Lakiani is the founder of it. He has this conference called AFest. And AFest was like, what was, a, what, what, the reason it was so disruptive to me was because up to that point in my life, and this was up to 2013, everyone I knew was like me. They thought like me, they dressed like me, they acted like me, they were exactly like me. And that was my bubble. And um, going to this conference, which before that I had read Tim Ferriss's four hour work week and was like, I love this idea of a digital nomad and these unicorns that are these mythical creatures that no one knows who they are. Like no one in my world were these digital nomads who were living life on their own terms. And when I went to this conference, it was that moment that, you know, you go and experience something so profound that the bubble you lived in burst. And you, like the way I described the moment was you knew nothing will ever be the same again. So I think just like getting that dose of meeting people who were creating the impact, creating their own destiny, not confined by the constraints of corporate. Um, it took me about four years to get to the point of saying, this is starting to get more and more painful that if I don't like scratch this itch, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. And I, I, it, it was to the extent that if you know the life of a corporate consultant, you're literally traveling every week, every Monday at 4:45, a cat picks me up to take me to the airport. I'm living out of airplanes and living out of hotels. It just got to a point that I was just like, my body is telling me like my mind had already been there to say, I need to pivot and scratch this. I think my body was starting to experience elements that were also sending the signs to say, you know, if you don't change your life, um, this could hurt you or this could kill you. And yeah. I think that was the moment that like having the ability to breathe over the holiday season, this was December again, 2017. I think just at that moment, there was so much pain associated with um, the, the position I was in, but there was also so much stress and pain associated with like the unknown. Um, but this is where I'd say you have to trust your gut. Um, my gut has never stirred me wrong. And my gut said, even though you don't have this figured out, it's the right move. And that was it. So it, like, it's a long winded way just to say it, it came from deep within and I couldn't explain it. And there was just no logic to it, but, um, I'm so grateful. I just listened to my gut because it has completely rewired my mindset, especially, you know, I'm a whole different person today than I was years ago yeah that's great so um one of the that's funny because i have that similar discussion with other guests that come on and it's the same thing like you know i just had this voice this thing sort of tap me on the shoulder to say do this and it didn't make sense but i didn't listen to my ego which would have come in and say like you know like well how are you going to do it 
how, what's going to be involved with that? What's going to, you know, I'd sort of that before that came to play, I went on and jumped. <laughs> and so it sort of <laughs> took the ego out of it. Um, so I think that's a cool story. So one of the things I like to talk about is, you know, rising into our authentic self. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that move has put you on that trajectory or maybe you're there right now in your authentic self? This is where you feel like you're supposed to be your home. You know, I have to say, absolutely. I think that for me, uh, looking back on my time in corporate, um, what my job, it was a very intense job um, that I, that I loved. I loved it. I love the people, but they train you to be really good at what you do. And in order to be really good at what you do, you almost have to disassociate yourself from the work you do. So I felt like I was so good at doing strategy and then implementing, but like the part that was Mark and who I am as an individual, like had to be put on the back burner because they built this army of just high performing people who know their methodology. So I think that the struggle that I had, and it, it, there were times that it brought me to tears because um, the realization I had about a month out of leaving was how disconnected I was from myself. Um, and I think that that simple just realization of being like, like, who am I and what is it that I want out of this one life was so put on the back burner because I was always like, people talk about leaving a nine to five. I didn't know what a nine to five was like. The job <laughs> I had was a 24 seven. Like I was always on. Um, so part of the struggle initially leaving was who is my authentic self? Like, who am I? Who is Mark Stern? What excites me? So you had to go through this detoxing period and it was almost like a rediscovery period of myself. Um, the greatest gift that I learned and, um, you know, the first thing I did that was the game changer for me was I did a virtual summit with 41 influencers. So I went from knowing, knowing who I was to putting on an event to quickly become like on the map of people in the digital marketing space. Um, but what it taught me, which was the best thing I could have learned starting out this journey was, um, as a kid, we used to dream about what we wanted to be when we grow up as entrepreneurs, we can still have that dream and we can truly do and be whatever we want to be. And that was, you know, had I applied for a job to be the host of a virtual summit or a virtual conference, I bet corporate would not have hired me into that role. But when I create it and say that I'm going to do it and do it, I could be whatever I want to be. I could specialize in whatever I want to specialize in. And that to me, I think is when you talk about your authentic self, knowing that I can create and become whatever I want to be, um, is it's, it's truly liberating and it's the same for anyone else. Yeah. I love that answer. And I love, I, I want to go back on one thing that you mentioned because it's something that I think a lot of us go through that come from, let's say you're in your forties, you're married, maybe you're not, whatever, but you've been working in this world, mm-hmm. corporate world, nine to five world, and you want to become an entrepreneur. A lot of times you feel that pressure, like, okay, all of a sudden I'm over here. I've got to be this, you know, amazing digital marketing entrepreneur, but you do need time to unpack and decompress <laughs> and get to know who you are. Because if you don't figure out your authentic self, then you're likely to go in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Even though you feel like you're doing something, you might find yourself right back where you started. Um, at least that's my thought. So I don't know what you think about that, but I think that's really important what you brought up. You know, I think that the thing that you have to recognize in, in the online, I always would tell people coming from corporate, um, like my first big aha I had was that corporate versus entrepreneurship is like checkers versus chess. And I would always say the game board looks the same. The rules are completely different. So you have to give yourself, like if you came with a corporate lens, 
to the digital marketing realm, you will fail. And it's that simple. And I hate to say that, but it's because it's not the same game. So it's about learning how to play a new game. And then it's not about foregoing what you learned in corporate. It's about after you've learned how to play a new game, the skills that you've developed in corporate are going to be your competitive edge as to what makes you unique and what you can bring to the table. So I think that once I kind of gave myself permission to realize that, it started to change it. Like I just could not look at digital marketing because, and, and just, I mean, this is why I love what your, your podcast represents because the biggest struggle I had starting out was that I didn't know who to follow and I didn't know who to trust. And I would start to follow these influencers that as I spent more money with them and got closer to them, realized that what they represented was not what I would hold as my own values. And they're not people that I'd want to associate with, but they had a massive following and you know the the big thing is in corporate you can um if things weren't run right there's procedures in place that you can you know go to hr you can do whatever like in the right. entrepreneurial realm like if you build your your castle you're at liberty to run your business however you want to whether i like it or not and that's what was happening was i was seeing these people that were considered big influencers um do things that i would look at and say you can't do that to people because it's just not fair to treat people that way. And the reality is they can do whatever they want to because they run their business and they're at liberty to run it however they want to. So that for me, I think was like one of the biggest ahas I had to have, but it was just a complete rewiring of thinking that it's a different game. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So I've been spying on you a little bit. Well, not uh, just a tiny bit. So <laughs> I, um, I noticed, you know, one thing that I, it interests me because I've been through the same thing over the past year, I've lost probably 35, 36 pounds. Hey. Um, you know, I was, a, I was a personal trainer many years ago and I found myself a father working behind a desk and a computer with wife working, both of us never getting sleep, never taking care of ourselves, me eating all the food after my daughter didn't eat it as she was <laughs> young. So I put on a lot of weight and, um, but you know, it, this does have to do with you, not with me though. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting back to you, I promise. But, um, I lost that weight and I started a morning ritual. Everything I did over this past year was geared towards bringing me to my authentic self. And I saw that you posted or you, you replied to a post about your focus in 2020 was yeah. to focus on body and mind. So, I think that's, I mean, I think that's great. I think it's important. I think entrepreneurs, <laughs> entrepreneurs, everybody is in this position, but entrepreneurs really forget that their biggest asset is probably, if not, of, it is definitely themselves. Um, so what made you decide to make that your focus for 2020? Wow. You know, I don't think I've ever talked about this with anyone. Um, so... <laughs> I'm going to back up just a little bit. And part of this was back in when I was in my corporate job, one of the signs that I was recognizing is I used to love to go to the gym and work out. And the last couple of months before I left that job, my motivation to go to the gym completely went away. And I could not explain it other than, you know, when I look back, I think it was just my body's way of saying, like, if you don't pivot, the lifestyle you're living right now will kill you. And so I, I struggled even come, becoming an entrepreneur. I was I'm going to have all this time on my hand. I'm going to work out and whatnot, but I still found myself struggling to get back into the shape where I'm pretty happy with the shape that I'm in. Um, I, 
and this also goes to um, who is uh, Alex Sharfin. Alex Sharfin, when um, he trains people, the, the people he um, mentors, um, he always started, and this was something that he mentioned at a live event I went to that he was speaking at. He mentioned um, that the first thing he has all entrepreneurs do is drink water. And he talked about like the importance of drinking water and the importance of hydration. And it was this little blip about the importance of like the connection between body and mind. And um, that was the night that like I went back to the hotel room and woke up at like two or 3 a.m. in the morning, like sobbing my eyes out. And I couldn't explain it other than the fact that it was like the moment I realized that I am so disconnected from myself. And um, so that's why I think just the crux of anything you talk about authentic self, I feel like I'm pretty grounded in who I am and who my authentic self is. The problem is, do I think I've realized the true potential of my authentic self? No. But if I get more connected with like my body is in the shape that it needs to be and I start with me, my mindset is where it needs to be. I know how I can serve people today. My impact can be 10x, 20x, 50x. Um, so it, it's not only holding me back, but it's holding my potential to serve others back. So that's kind of why I'm like, I, I never had a meditation practice or a journaling practice. And I, and I still am not good. It's still not something I've been able to incorporate in my own routine. Um, because in the corporate realm, it just wasn't things we talked about. It wasn't things we did. Um, no one in business school, no one at Deloitte, when I was at Deloitte, ever talked about a meditation or reflection or what is it that you went out of this one true life. And so I think that these are things that like, I need to focus on. Um, and I'm excited. I'm also scared because I don't know where my mind will take me. Um, because I, I feel like we all tend to play smaller than what we, what we should be doing. And I think if I get better at that, it's just going to allow me to have a bigger impact. Yeah, that's great. I love it. And it's funny. We have that connection. I mean, Alex was huge yeah. in my journey too, to losing the weight and to doing meditation. I mean, I, I actually would challenge him on Instagram because he, he got me turned on to using the muse headband oh, and nice. he would talk about how he was doing X amount of days in a row. And I was like, dude, I, I said one time he missed like one day and I jumped on there and immediately was like, I saw you missed a day. I said, I'm coming for you. I got 365 as my goal. I will admit uh, I fell short. I didn't quite make it to 365, but um, I still do it on a regular practice. But, you know, I actually was, Luckily, you and I are both in this coaching group together, um, Russell Brunson's Two Comma Club X coaching group. And at I can't, I think it might have been at Funnel Hacking Live last year. I actually got to go up to Alex and just thank him in person. You know, thank you. I started drinking water regularly. It's all I was like, you've been that has been not not necessarily everything he taught us was amazing. All the stuff that he yeah. entrepreneurial stuff was just mind blowing. But I told him, I was like, the thing that impacted me the most was drinking more water, meditating, taking care of myself again. And he was just, you know, as gracious as he always is. So um, yeah. it may, it, that's cool that we have that little connection. And um, looks, he, he lives in Bee Cave. He lives here in Austin, Texas. So he's in my neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Um, I run into him and I, I feel like I see his kids all the time. So, <laughs> yeah, great. I mean, great guy. Amazing. If people are listening to this and you don't know who he is, go go look him up and start following his podcast. The momentum podcast is a great podcast. Um, so one thing I want to talk about real quickly too, is, uh, you know, we, we have now that we're talking about mentors and coaches, we have another coach in common, Myron Golden, 
who, and you may tell me, maybe I'm saying this wrong, but I know he, he often mentions wealth is measured more in time than it is in dollars and cents. Um, so what I wanted to ask you with entrepreneurs, with what you're doing, how are you, because I know the overwhelm, you get overwhelmed by all this information, everything coming at you when you get into this world. How were you able to simplify down to the point that you were able to compress time to focus on the right things to get that forward momentum? Yeah. Um, so there's so many different ways I can answer this. I think that the easiest way to answer it is what made me start really getting momentum, it was declaring it publicly. So going online on Facebook, going, um, if you have a Facebook group, if you don't have one, start one. Even if there's only five, 10, 20 people, it doesn't matter. But um, when I declared I was doing my first virtual event and I declared that there was gonna be a publication that came out of this um, and then started to bring the pieces together, I think a lot of people like kind of shake their head like, oh yeah, let's just see. Like people were so expecting people to, to not take action. I think that when I put myself out there and held myself accountable to those that I was engaging, I started taking massive action. So it's the same thing with the power of launching a beta program. You know, it's all about taking action. Um, if you have never, if you're struggling with um, creating a course, the biggest piece of advice I tell people is stop building products in vacuums. So many people will sit down in a room and lock themselves in a room and then struggle to understand why they can't get momentum with the thing that they're building out. Um, the power when I can build a framework and sell a framework and pre-sell it is by the time I have to present it um, to those who I'm responsible for. And I like to get a group of anywhere from five to 20 uh, when I'm launching a new program. Um, I'm super transparent that this is the first time that I'm doing it. And they know that the content is, uh, it's the first time that's being released. Um, but I always charge them because if I didn't charge them, people who don't pay don't show up. So charging is just an easy way to get, make sure that the people who are engaging are people who truly want what you have to offer. Um, and this is the struggle with when you give it away for free, people, you know, take advantage of it and they, like, they, they won't show up. Um, so just by having a beta and knowing that I'm responsible to these people, um, makes me get products done. And usually they're better than, um, if I were to do them by myself in, in a vacuum. Um, and the other thing is stop thinking about content creation from just your head. Um, I always tell people that the power of collaboration is you get more data points. So whether that's you conduct interviews to make sure that the content that you have is better, that I can say if with high ticket online, high ticket mindset was a huge piece of it. I did this whole, this event right here. I interviewed 11 people who are all different high ticket experts to build this program out. So the data points were not only my own experiences, the high ticket sales, but the experiences of a bunch of other people. And then I could also highlight those experts in a similar way that you see Tim Ferriss, Russell Brunson, Tony Robbins start to highlight other experts that they've engaged with. So I can elevate their status where we all went together. So this is why I'd say like for me, recognize that if you are a massive consumer, for me, it was the realization that consumption was almost a panacea for me not taking action or not like being where I wanted to be. I would just keep on consuming because I was so distracted. The second I declared, started collaborating, engaging with other people, you know, whether it's a beta or whether it's a podcast or whether it's a virtual summit, um, that's when things started shifting because now I'm responsible to someone, not just myself. Yeah, that's great. And I will, I'll give your high ticket 
Summit a shout out. I actually, I don't know if you know it, but I was a participant. So, uh, <laughs> and yeah, I loved it. Program, I, but I love it. And it's still, people are still buying it to this day, which is great. Well, this will give you a kick. I don't have my phone. My phone's over here, so I'm not going to rip my headphones off to go get it. But <laughs> last night at three in the morning, I call it pee in the morning because for some reason that's, <laughs> I wake up at three, but my brain turns on. And, um, I wrote down, and this is funny that we're talking today because I have in my notes today to rewatch the interview you did with Eileen Wilder. Oh yeah. And because uh, I have something in mind that I'm working on, I was like, I need to go back and watch that. But that was what, that's actually in my phone that I put a note for three o'clock and then here we are today. And that's from that high ticket summit. But I refer back to it regularly. It's great interviews, great a great summit. Um, I don't know if you still offer it, but if you do, people should go buy it as soon as they're off this. Um, mindset yeah. shift. It was a mindset shift for me, which I think was the most valuable thing out of it. All those interviews, like I, so this is like why I love virtual. So first and foremost, why I do virtual summits is very different than how most people do virtual summits. Cause I look at it as if you're interviewing experts, how can I continue to elevate their status? Um, and just provide as much consumable value. So I like to do summits that are eight to 12 interviews, not 25, 30, 50 interviews, because it becomes content overwhelm. And I'd rather you be able to consume and be able to take action. And so that was just a special group of people. Eileen's interview, I think, was the most popular out of all of them. Um, but I mean, I, I just love it because I, you probably see this all the time as a pod, as a podcaster, is that you get to have the front row seat to ask whatever you want. And I was just loving picking the brains of all these experts on how they do high ticket sales. Yeah. Yeah. Going yeah. and speaking to that, you know, it's funny as I've told somebody before that when I do these interviews, it's almost like I don't need to even put them out to the public because the interview wasn't meant for the public. It was almost like the lesson that I learned that day was meant for me. Um, and that happens almost on every interview I do, which is a, uh, which is funny. So, um, yeah, it's very cool. And that is, it's a great, every, I, I enjoyed every one of those people and I never thought about that, but I appreciate the fact that you did it that way because I can now remember what each one of them talked about and I can go back when I need to revisit that lesson. I always go back and pull it up and look at it. So it was, awesome. a, it was definitely a great summit. Um, Thank you. Going back, one thing you talked about this this is a question I had on my mind yesterday. It's sort of interesting that you, you sort of touched on this a little bit, but with content, do you focus more on content that is attention grabbing or are you more intentional with your content that you put out there? 100% intentional. Everything I do is, so this is one of my biggest pain points for people who do virtual summits is that they, interview a bunch of people. It's a disconnected conversation. They haven't thought through the, the strategy of how they're going to like people who do virtual summits. It's not about the virtual summit. It's about where you want to send people after the virtual summit and you want how you want to serve them. My whole thing is that we're so groomed in the digital marketing space on being good at acquisition that people aren't good at retention. And for me, I do what I do because I want to build a relationship with people and the people that I serve, like I want them to know that if I launch a program and it's relevant to what they are interested in, they're not going to think twice about like buying that type of program from anyone else but me because they know that I'm going to put the attention and the detail into it and they just know it's going to be at a quality that I'm happy with. Um, 
So for me, everything that I do is when I interview people, I'm very specific about the topic with eight to 12 interviews on a summit. Like I'm very specific about the topic. And what's, what's more powerful about that is when you do conduct these interviews, because you have an intent as to why you're interviewing these people and the conversations that you want to have. Um, I think they're better conversations than when you see people who basically do the same exact interview again and again. So um, a perfect example is one of the things that I'm going to start doing is leveraging the virtual summit model to write a book. And I'm going to be launching a book on authority. Um, but rather than, you know, we'll do the traditional summit with eight to 12 speakers, but a lot of what I'm going to be looking for is how to take the insights of what these experts have to say and spotlight the experts in terms of how I'm trying to tell the story around authority. So it's, it's, it's exactly, you know, I, I have these books nearby because it's, they're such great. Ooh, my laptop started wondering, but if you've ever read like Tony Robbins's, any of Tony's, but this is money master the game. It says secrets from the world's greatest financial minds, because on the back, he talks about interviewing a bunch of people to formulate the book. Um, and it's no different for Napoleon Hill's thinking grow rich, um, or Tim Ferriss's tools of Titans. Like this is a composition of a hundred plus interviews, but you still look at this as, as Tim Ferriss is the one who is um, aggregating the information and shaping the story, but he's still elevating all of those influencers. He's not stealing their content. He's elevating what they represent, but it's still under the domain of Tim. So that's a long-winded way of just kind of like breaking down a strategy around when I interview people, it's oftentimes I like, I hate when people interview where the interview just dies in a matter of a week or two. How do I do it so I can continue to extend the impact and be more intentional? Yeah. So I love it. yeah, that's a, that's my strategy. Yeah. I think that's I great. Could, I think, I think too many entrepreneurs are taught just to, you got to get as much stuff out there as you can. Yeah. So just, and I had this discussion, the reason that probably it was on my mind was my interview that posted, I think last week we had this discussion and she was of the mind frame. Um, you know, I don't post, you won't see me on Facebook every day. If I don't have anything valuable to share, I'm not going to go out there. We were sort of joking because we were like, you know, yeah, it was like, we trust the, the universe's algorithm over Facebook's algorithm any day of the week. Um, but I think it's an important point, you know, don't just, if you're an entrepreneur, you shouldn't just throw stuff out there just to be throwing it out there. Yeah. So, and I, the one other perspective I'll give you is um, Holly Homer. If you guys don't follow Holly, those who are listening, follow her. Evans, I don't know if you've ever interviewed Holly. You should. She's amazing. One of my okay. favorite people. She has a following of like 3.4 million. She is one of the wow. original like mommy bloggers. She's just an incredible individual and she knows like it's crazy how much she knows about social media algorithms. And one of the things that she was talking about is she talks about this idea of connection. And we are so ingrained in our mind about publish, publish, publish. And I'm with you in the sake of like, I, if I, if I can't establish connection in the publishing, like then I'm not going to do it for the sake of just doing it. Uh, but what she said that I thought was really powerful was if you're someone who publishes, 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 and you publish and people aren't engaging in it, the simple Facebook algorithm is going to look at it and say it's spam because mm -hmm. you're just sticking stuff out there that no one finds value in. So this whole idea of like, like if you are going to publish, let it be something that establishes connection, back and forth dialogue. People are going to get to know you as a person better. So I would rather publish less that could establish connection than publish more just for the sake of the, the visibility without any type of connection. Yeah. I want people to engage with me. 
I love that. I've never, I've never thought of it that way. I think that's even more, you know, we always say publish, you know, make sure it's valuable, but I love that better, you know, make sure it's, it's something that'll connect you with the ideal person that you're trying to reach that you're trying to attract and affect. So that's a great point. And I'm going to have to, that's going to be my focus now moving forward. So see, I told you, see, these are for me. I, I learn as well. So that's awesome. Um, all right. So one of the last things I want to touch on is, uh, you know, one of the biggest reasons that I'm found myself doing what I'm doing now is to serve others. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I, I sort of like to plant the flag for entrepreneurs for, you know, impact influencers, because I think entrepreneurs get a bad name, you know, it's like, I, I, for some reason, somebody brought this up and it made sense. Like the little guy in Monopoly running around with the money bags, you know, that's like the entrepreneur that we think of. Um, so I'd like to know your thoughts is like, did you get into entrepreneurship as more significance, more contribution focused? You know, what were your thoughts and what do you think about entrepreneurs as a whole when it comes to being able to serve and help impact others? Um, so yes, everything you just said, hits nail on the head of why I do what I do is because um, it's not about the money. It's about the way I can serve others is that where I get energy is from serving other people. When I get to connect with people and I can see their reaction, that's what's going to give me energy and what's really going to fuel me. Um, because like, I don't know, that's what makes me happy is to see the impact. I think my struggle that I had was there were so many entrepreneurs that, and um, I mean, this is so much of why I started to build out this program that's in beta right now, this whole authority matrix, but it's this whole idea of why is there like, like how, what was it about certain people that made me initially become attractive to what they were doing online that made me open up my wallet to say, I do want to give them a couple hundred, a couple thousand, 10,000, $25,000 coaching program. Um, what is it about them that attracted me to them at the first place, especially those who I open my wallet to and then realize, you know, I want nothing to do with this person or why right. was, why was I ever considering giving them my hard earned cash? So, um, a lot of it is just, it's such a mindset game when you talk about entrepreneurship and we could do a whole another con, con, um, conversation on authority. But, um, yeah, I do what I do because one, um, I feel like entrepreneurship has taught me the lesson that I can have so much bigger of an impact than I ever thought I could ever that I could truly be whatever I want to be those dreams as a kid. And second, I can see the impact of what my work does for other people. And that's again, where I get my energy from. Yeah, that's great. Um, if you would, I mean, I, you don't have to share any names, but do you have any cool stories that somebody's reached out to you and said, you know, wow, this, you know, I did this, this thing you shared, this thing you created and it changed my, you know, life, it put me in the right direction. Do you have anything you'd like to share? I'd say, so this is for me, it's been profound and it's been profound for those who I've shared it with, Um, especially for those of you who are in the online space. And so this is something that I haven't talked about this too much, except, um, you know, with some people on some of my programs. Um, But it's the whole idea of understanding what is authority. And um, the baseline of what I'll say that was such an aha for me, and it's been an aha for a lot of other people is when we think about authority, you get out of the digital marketing realm and just think about authority in a traditional sense. You're talking about 
the right to exert power in some capacity. That is what the definition like of what, if you look up authority in the dictionary, it talks about it being a right. So we're talking about um, a police officer is a police officer because a chief of police or a police force hired them and gave them the permission to be able to exert their authority. So when they turn on that siren, you pull over and you can challenge it, but they can, they are confident because they have the backing. Um, a CEO, a president, is a president of the United States is elected by the people. He can exert his authority or her authority based on the simple fact that we elected and gave the power of authority to that individual. So when we talk about where's confidence derived from, it's heavily derived from other people giving you the power to be that authority. When we talk about the online space, there is no one who is giving you the authority. You have to do it from within. So that little shift for me was profound to me. It's, it's cool to see other people kind of connect the dots and see what that message is because a lot of us still have a very traditional mindset expecting someone to give us permission. And I think that one of the lessons I learned from just all the coaching programs I've been part of is that sometimes I pay for a coaching program just to give myself permission to do the thing that I could have done without paying for the coaching program. So <laughs> right. it's just recognizing that if you are building your authority online, it starts with you. You have to claim it. So people who say they're the king or queen, you know, I have a friend who claims he's the, he's the challenge uh, creation king. He's the challenge king. You know, there are people who are the queen of social media or the queen of virtual summits or the king of this and that. There's no like internet organization that's going to come and bestow <laughs> this upon you and say, congratulations, you know, the people of the internet, you know, confirm this. People are just taking it and they're owning it and they're stepping into their authority without waiting on someone else to give them permission. So that would be like the nugget that I would tell people that once you get that, it's so mindset focused, claim it, own it, you know, start building towards it. Um, but like, don't wait for someone else to give you that label because chances are they probably won't. And they probably won't anytime soon. If you're waiting for it, you got to just step into it and own it. Yeah. I love that. So you create the transformation from within you have to. Yeah. Um, that's why, I mean, they say it's, it's a lonely existence sometimes as an entrepreneur, because not only, yes, you can create the, you know, transformation, but you also have to feel a lot of the, the pains and the setbacks and the obstacles yourself. So that's um, one thing that I've found that I think you hit on, hit a nail on the head was like, you know, start a Facebook group. Because I think if you can get in a group with other people, like the coaching group that we're in, you build yeah. those relationships for people that are there with you. So I think community and all of that is, is vital um, totally. for everybody's growth. Totally. So, and, well, I, and, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say that uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. So I couldn't agree more with what you just said. There's so yeah. many different avenues of that that you could do um, that help you build it. Like community is so powerful because it's association. Association gives you status Status is a powerful thing because then you're part of something. So joining a Facebook group, joining a coaching program are some of the most powerful things you can do in this journey because it'll just really give you the visibility that you're trying to do to further understand and exert your message. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, we're going to have to wrap it up, Mark. It's been awesome, awesome. being on here. I've enjoyed it. Um, thanks for sharing yeah. some stuff. Thanks for sharing. I know you shared, you said even in earlier that you shared something you haven't really talked about with other people when we were discussing body, mind transformation. And so I appreciate you going and down that road with us because I think somebody's going to hear that and it's really going to, it's going to hit home. Um, yeah. So, uh, 
uh, and a lot of things you said are going to hit home. So I appreciate all that. So if you would, real quick, before we do wrap up, I'd like to sort of get to know about what you're doing right now, because you always have cool stuff in the works. I will <laughs> say that. So, um, and you do, when you declare it, I will say this about Mark, when you declare it, you do it. And that's vital. That's awesome. I appreciate that about you. So what are you working on now that everybody should be interested in? Yeah, there's, oh my God, like I, I need to slow down with my projects. So I just wrapped up and it's, it was such a fun project. I have the sign above me, the custom box challenge, which I tell people like an easy way for your digital content to stand out is to buy, is by creating a custom box to compliment it that you send someone in the mail. Um, because a lot of people, like I, I, I believe that like if you're a course creator, um, you have an obligation to give your students the tools that they need to be set up for success. So send them a custom box. And then I have the same story for if you're an agency owner, how you can surprise and delight your clients, or if you're trying to network, how to leverage physical boxes. But this was such a fun project to work on um, simply because it's not about building custom boxes. It's about um, building better connection and better relationships with people and having what you put out in the marketplace stand out. So it was a really cool and the whole program was whole, completely gamified, which I love. Gamification is another theme that I'm exploring pretty heavily. Um, but, uh, and the last thing like really is, and so custom box is really cool. Um, this whole concept of authority is where you're going to see me shift a lot of my energy. Um, because, um, there's so much power to understanding authority and understanding what people are doing. And I'm trying to give people a voice or at least a framework that they can not only assess themselves on how, where they are falling on like the authority spectrum, but how they can evaluate other people and understand what other people are doing. So this whole concept of authority, everything, if you are watching this live and you see some of the signs around me, a Rover, Custom Box Challenge, Live Online, it all feeds into the story of authority um, and how you need to think about it. And the reason I push authority is that you have a vision and you have a dream of how you wanna create impact. You know, How can I help you accelerate the journey so you can create the impact that you wanna have? And that's just really understanding what people are doing to establish themselves as an authority online. That's awesome. Well, where, where can they go to find out about this stuff? Should they go to a particular link to your Facebook page? How can they get in touch with you and yeah. find out about these awesome things? And we'll put, the, we'll put links in the show notes too, but if you would just share them for the listeners. I love meeting new people. So you're welcome to connect with me on Facebook. Uh, just reach out to me or ping me. Um, I do have a Facebook group called Live Online. Live is L-Y-V-E, Launch Your Virtual Event. Um, it will soon be rebranded, depending on when you listen to this, uh, Ultimate Authority. So everything of mine is going to be rebranded under the Ultimate Authority umbrella. Um, so uh, if you guys head to, and, and I'll send you it, because I, I, there's two things I want to provide. One is a copy of the Entrepreneur Elements Table, which was the first thing I did when I became an um, entrepreneur, was I was trying to like get my head wrapped around all the moving pieces. So I ended up making... Um, a whole publication around this periodic table of entrepreneur elements. And the first element is mind and body. And that wasn't originally the first element, but after Alex Sharfin, it became the first element on the table. So um, I'll give you the link to have a free copy of that. And then awesome. we'll include a link as well. Um, for those of you who want to get a copy of the authority matrix, this is uh, just a high level copy of the framework that I've been teaching a lot of students about how to think about authority. And it's across three pillars, expertise, visibility, and confidence and how to think about, um, you know, what people are specifically doing in these domains. So That's I'll give awesome. you those two links. Um, oh, thank you. We appreciate that. Definitely. Yeah, um, and course. I've actually, um, did you, 
I, I will give Mark a shout out for the, the, I didn't take the custom box challenge, but I do have one of the boxes that he sent out for high ticket online. And it was, it was very cool. I loved it. Like the hat, the sunglasses, everything that came with it. And it really does create like a bond and a tangible thing instead of just having something on my computer. It's like, okay, I got the, Oh, this cool thing shows up and it's, you know, I can look over and see the hat. I can, you know, it's just there. The box uh -huh. is there. The box sat in my office, just the box. Cause I thought it was so cool looking, you know, just stayed there anyway. So um, it's very cool. So yeah, definitely check that out too as well. I don't know. Are you continuing yeah. to do the challenge or is it, was it just a one-time thing? So I, I think I'm just going to open it up. This is one of those lessons learned that I called it. It's a five day challenge. Um, if you get it now, I think it's still priced at $37. I just wanted to get it into people's hands. Yeah. But the reason that like I called it a challenge is that I just wanted to get people to consume it quickly to understand the process. But the biggest thing is um, so many people assume that custom boxes are expensive and um, expensive. Uh, they're they're uh, expensive to put together. They're very timely. Um, you have to order this massive amount of quantity. And what that was designed to do was like, even if it's as little as 10 or 20, like boxes to get custom boxes printed is not that expensive to get the whole process put on autopilot. Um, so you're not the one shipping. Like one of the big things I teach people is it's actually cheaper for a fulfillment center or warehouse to ship your boxes than for you to do it. And when I say that I like save 38% when I did it from when I was doing it myself versus Wow. having a fulfillment center and I didn't have to pack the boxes and print out the labels and do all that stuff. So the whole challenge, it's still available. I'll send you the link so you can include that as well. But okay. um, we're about to just really bring a lot of attention to that because I think it's such a cool program. Um, and everybody, everybody needs to think about uh, how you can incorporate a custom box. Cause I mean, it's in my opinion, the pendulum is swinging backwards. There's too much digital content out there. How can you, tie some physical content to the digital experience to really elevate it. Yeah. And yes, the hat and the sunglasses were just because I always wear hats and I usually have my sunglasses <laughs> around my neck. So when I was like, what do I want to put in the box? I was like, what are the things that I like? So yeah, everybody yeah. got a pair of aviators and a trucker hat. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That hat. I was like, I don't know if I've ever seen you without a hat. So that's perfect. Yeah. It was a perfect. I, do have hair. I just wear hats. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it. And thank you again yeah. for coming on, Mark. It was an awesome uh, interview and everybody's going to enjoy going back and revisiting this. So um, yeah. I'm going to enjoy nice. going back and revisiting it. So I appreciate you and I look forward to seeing you very soon in person. Uh, we won't give away our destination, but it's going to be somewhere really sunny with lots of blue oceans. So uh, I look forward to that. Destinations. <laughs> yes. Yeah, destinations. I'm really, really excited. Yes. Evans, this was a blast. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Wow, what another great episode. Our guests are amazing, and I appreciate each and every one of them for spending some time with us. And also, I appreciate you for taking the time to listen or to watch. If you find this valuable and think others would enjoy it too would you please leave us a comment on facebook leave us a comment on the youtube channel give us a thumbs up subscribe if you're watching on youtube subscribe to our apple podcast and leave us a review we would appreciate it any way you're watching listening consuming this just to get some feedback 
and to see that you're enjoying the kind of content we're putting out. It would mean the world to us. We want to make sure we're making a positive impact on everybody that's listening. And by doing that, you also help us make sure that other people who may need to hear the messages of my guests will also hear them. So thank you again. I appreciate it. And listen, if you've got a a desire to start an an impact, purpose-driven business, but don't know where to start, please reach out to me. I'll be glad to jump on a call with you just to give you some advice, some things I've learned from my guests, some things I've learned from my journey. Just come find me on Facebook. It's Evans Putman, E-V-A-N-S-P-U-T-M-A-N, coaching. Evans Putman Coaching on Facebook. You can also find me on Instagram, at Evans Putman. Send me a direct message. However you want to reach out to me, just please do it. I'll be glad to jump on and help you out. And if you think you're perfect for this podcast, I can't wait to hear from you. So reach out to me as well. Thank you again. Look forward to seeing you on the next Infinite Impact Radio episode.